gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for getting ready to tune into your new episode of Shooting Lights Out. Shooting Lights Out, along with the Playmates of Bob Brands, is sponsored by Fanatics. Official license everything with Fanatics. Memorabilia, jerseys, hats, anything that you want. Get it from Fanatics. The official license and everything. And also, legs. Locker rooms, bad legs. Get you customized sets with your favorite team, favorite t shirt. Customize everything with locker rooms, bad legs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, shoot the lights out. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome to Shooting Lights Out. Tuesday, April 11, 2023. Your host, the playmaker himself, down in the silence in the building. I hope y'all ready because the regular season's over in the NBA. Play-in starts tonight and tomorrow. We'll conclude Friday. And then this weekend on Saturday, it is the playoffs. But we're going to focus on the end of the regular season and the playing as of right now. And we'll come back later on in the week, probably Thursday, most likely, to get you ready for the NBA playoffs. So without further ado, let's get right into it but right now. NBA, all right. Getting to going around the hardwood. Rudy Gobert swings at Kyle Anderson. Jaden McDaniels fractures hands. Sources say a game that the rules needed. They had two instances happen. The main one, as you see on your screen, is Rudy Gobert and Carl Anderson getting into it during a timeout against New Orleans Pelicans, where Rudy Gobert had to be sent home for punching teammate Carl and for punching teammate Carl Anderson after the dispute in the team huddle. On the Jaden McDaniel side, he is done for the season because he punched the wall and broke his hand. The idiotic that took place in the final game of the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves blows me away. Kyle Anderson used some words that probably ignited what happened with Rudy Gobert, but Jaden McDaniels, you ended your season due to a broken hand because you punched the wall. You punched the wall and broke your hand. Like, why? Now, I did go on social media and went off on Rudy Gobert for that, but now that I had days to think about it because this happened Sunday, it is now Tuesday, I had 48 hours to think about it. Rudy Gobert is going to be spinning for a game, which I'll get into later on. And it should be all right. Plus, after all, you idiots in Minnesota gave up a lot. Five players and four draft to get Rudy Gobert to begin with. It's the reason why you stuck with the country that you have with Rudy Gobert, you nimwits. In the Twin City. Nevertheless, it is a shame that this happened. But I'll come back to the to the results of this game later. 
Luka Doncic's own commitment to Mazza. Cool. I am I'm happy here. Disappointing season for the uh, Dallas Mavericks as they did not make the playoffs nor the play-in. Thus, they season ended when they are when they shut down Kyrie Irving and a host of other players doing their final two games of the season. Very pitiful. Very, I mean, very, very, very pitiful that this happened. But look at Dante say he's committed to the team, which most stars say that to begin with. But we'll see when the offseason really starts for the Dallas Mavericks and what transpires between their star player and Luka Dantas and the Mavs organization. The Dallas Mavericks finished the regular season 38 and 44. They went 2 and 8 in their last 10 games to miss the play in by two games. Uh, nevertheless, check out the article that Alex the Bearman Texas put up on our website talking about the Dallas Mavericks and their future after this disappointing season. It is up on our website. Out as Pistons coach, Dwayne Casey moves to the front office. Dwayne Casey decided to no longer coach in the NBA, but he was going to move into the front office for the Detroit Pistons. Very interesting move here. Never right of that. Dwayne Casey announced Sunday that he will step down as coach of the Detroit Pistons and move to a front office role. Fighting the 103-81 loss to the Chicago Bulls in the Detroit season finale, Casey walked away after the Pistons stumbled through a 17-65 season. Here's what the one Casey says. Tom is giving me the opportunity to move into the front office, referring to owner Tom Gross, saying I am excited to go into the next phase of my life. Time to spend more time with my family. This team is on the right track. They probably need to hear a new voice. This is my decision. At 65 years old, they went in case they coached the Pistons from 2018 to now. So he's talking about five seasons. The team went 121 and 263 in those five seasons with a win percentage of 31 and a half. Only won 31% of their games on the Dwayne Casey. They made one playoff series and they were swept in the first one. I say that was back in 2000, 2018, 2019. But they do have a young team. They do have a young core. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the upcoming draft to pair with, you know, Jaden Ivey and company for the Detroit Pistons. They ain't the only coaches news that we have because uh, Steven Salas won't return as coach of the Houston. Houston Rockets announced that Steve Silas is out as head coach after one year. No, after three years with the team. The Houston Rockets are declining to pick up the fourth year option of Coach Steven Silas' contract in his three year run, leading the franchise rebuild. The team announced on Monday, which is yesterday. News came shortly after the Rockets beat the Wizards in the regular season finale, the team's fourth win in its last five games. GM Raphael Stone released a statement saying, on behalf of the Fatilla family and the entire Rockets organization, I would like to thank Steve. 
I like to thank Steven for his contribution to the team and our Rockets community over the past three seasons. I have great respect for Steven both as a person and as a basketball mind. His character, leadership, and positivity have, have been invaluable during this stage of our growth. I Silas replied saying I feel proud of his time with the Rockets. I wanted to be a head coach my whole life. I wanted to be like my dad, proud of these guys, part of their hard work, proud of their growth and maturity as they got through the season. Silas was 40, Silas at age 49 to go away. Rockets team that quickly pivot into a real building. A real building phase after trading franchise star James Harden. During Silas' first season as coach, the team finished 22 and 60 this season and were 59 and 117 overall during the three seasons Silas had coached them. It was a very difficult season for Silas. A very difficult season, and nonetheless, a season where a lot of people ain't too happy about this move because you didn't give the man the amount of opportunity to do a rebuilding job. You can't rebuild a franchise after losing star players left and right in one year, not even two years. It literally takes three to five years to rebuild. Nevertheless, people feel like Silas was used as the scapegoat in this instance, and I am inclined to believe them, those type of people. That Silas, that Silas was dealt a very unfavorable hand, and he did the best he could with that unfavorable hand yet again. Another sports franchise in the city of Houston that are doing stupid stuff when it comes to coaches of their organizations. I'll leave it right there. Yadonis Highland scores 24 as he celebrates farewell game. The OG of the Miami Heat, Yadonis Haslam, dropped 24 points against my Orlando Magic. As you can see, 123-110 was the final score in the season, season for another down in South Beach. Great to see the OG get some more playing time for the final time as as a Heat player. Udonis Allen was part of the team that won championships with Dwayne Wade. He was part of all three championships of the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade, when they had Shaq and them, and then when LeBron came over with Chris Bosh and that team. So he was a champion. He's a leader. It was great to see him go out and have fun one last time. But it might be before he calls it a career. So now I'm going forward that he will get ready for a playing game, which I will get into for tonight. Good job. You're down the side. Long, very great career. Standing OG. We respect you. We appreciate you. And hopefully we might see you in the Hall of Fame. All right. Now this is the final standings of the regular season. This is the East, as we all know. The Kings of the East are the Milwaukee Bucks with a 58 and 24 record. Behind them, it is the Boston Celtics at 57 and 25. Third was Philly, 54 and 28. The Cleveland Cavaliers surprisingly won 51 games this year to 31 losses. They will see the Knicks in the 4-5 matchup. New York Knicks won 47 games and finishing out the top six is the Brooklyn Nets at 45 and 37. Your playing features Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, respectively. Atlanta held the tiebreaker of the Toronto Raptors. That's why they're the AC and Toronto's the nine seed. The Bulls squeak in, winning 40 games this year. And Miami, the seven seed with 44 wins. 
That is the East on the West side. The number one team in the West, it is the Denver Nuggets, winning 53 games this season. Second is the Memphis Grizzlies at 51 and 31. Third place is the surprising Sacramento Kings, winning 48 games this year. Phoenix is the fourth seed at 45 and 37. They'll be meeting the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs as they won 44 games. Holding the tiebreaker over the Golden State Warriors, who also won 44 games. And then your playing spots are the Los Angeles Lakers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, with Oklahoma City winning 40 games. Pelicans and, and Timberwolves winning 42 apiece, but Minnesota winning that game where we talked about the thing between uh, Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson and Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, Minnesota still somehow, somewhere still won that game. Right? But let me give you the score. I don't think I put the score on here. But yeah, despite the trouble within the Memphis Tim the Minnesota Timberwolves organization, they still won 113 108. Uh Brandon Eagle from the Pelicans dropped 42 points, but it wasn't enough, even though CJ McCullough added 23 as well. It was the Timberwolves led by Carl Anthony Towns with 30 points. They got 26 from Anthony Edwards, 17 from Mike Conley, 18 from Torian Prince off the bench. To hold off the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, surprisingly. Okay. That was a surprise. Now that we got that out the way, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we got to get into the playing because it's playing time, baby. The Playmakers Blog is proudly to announce that it is sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, where you can get all your official license. Sports gear, memorabilia, whatever it is for the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, or even International Soccer League, or even college sports. So whip your team, whip the hardware, get comfortable, because Fanatics is the way to go. Where sports fans shop and official license everything. And welcome back to Shooting Lights Up. As you can see on your screen here, the NBA playoffs begins Saturday, April 15th. You got the playing tournament in the West, Oklahoma City versus New Orleans, the Lakers versus Minnesota in the West, in the East, the Toronto Raptors versus Chicago Bulls, the Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks in the playing spot for the battle of the seventh in the AFC to determine the final 16 teams to have postseason play. But before we can get to Saturday, we got to talk play-in first. And let's begin in the East, where we have the uh, Miami Heat hosting the Atlanta Hawks on tonight at 7 p.m. on TNT. And then tomorrow, you will see the Toronto Raptors hosting the Chicago Bulls at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Beginning with the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks, ladies and gentlemen, we have Trey Young. Devontae Murray leading the Hawks against Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. This is the first playing game. This game will be held at 7.30, not 7 p.m. That's my correct, being correct. It's 7 p.m. on 7.30 p.m. on TNT down in South Beach. As I look at it here, we have the Miami Heat as a four-and-a-half favorite according to Vegas. ESPN says that uh, the Miami Heat has a 56.4% chance of winning this game by the Atlanta Hawks. To clinch the seventh seed. By the way, the winner of this game will see the Boston Celtics in the first round of the Nevertheless, we're talking about Heat's 
and Hawks. The Miami Heat won the won the regular season three games to one over the Atlanta Hawks. Met the Miami Heat winning the last two games back in March, March 4th and March 6th. Both games were in Miami. The leaders of the team, there's no doubt about it. We know who the leaders are of this team. We have Trey Young on one side. For the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young has been pretty quiet this year, to say the least. Now, nothing real, believe, fanfare going on with Trey Young as opposed to other seasons. Uh, this year, Trey Young has, has, has averaged 26.2 points per game, which is 10th in the league, giving you 10. 10.2 assists per game was the second in the league, shooting 43% from the field and 33.5% from three. Like I said, it's been kind of a down year for uh, Trey Young this year and not the typical numbers that I'm used to hearing when it comes to uh, Trey Young. Wondering what's going on, wondering what's going on with Trey Young and uh, see what's going on. This is pretty much his third lowest scoring percentage in his career, going dating back to his rookie year when he only averaged 19 points per game, and then his third year when he averaged 25. Definitely down from last year when he was scoring 28.4 points a game. His assists went up a bit from 9.7 to 10.2. His shooting percentage has dipped, though. Last year he was shooting 46%. He's shooting 43%. From three point one, he was shooting 38.2% from three. He's only shooting 33.5% from three. It's been a down year for Trey Young. That's been pretty much a down year. Now, you could say it could be the coaching chains because they did get rid of Nate McMillan and they brought in Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder's only been up for like 20 odd, 20 something odd games. So that could be a problem. Another one could be that he has a, he has a running mate this time in Javante Murray, who they traded for this offseason from the San Antonio Spurs. During his year, his first year with the Atlanta Hawks, he's scoring 20 and a half points per game, giving you 5.3 rebounds a game, along with 6.1 assists per game while shooting 46 and a half from the field and 34.4% from three during his first year with the Atlanta Hawks. So could be the reason why Trey Young's not shooting the ball as much or not having a high percentage of shooting that he usually has. That could be something to do with it. But nevertheless, the Atlanta Hawks, they are in the playing, and they do have a shot of winning the seventh seed of the Miami Heat to get to the Boston Celtics, which I don't believe is going to happen because I got Miami in this one. It's been a down year for Miami, to say the least. That's probably what it is. But usually Miami is not even talking about that much regardless of what kind of year they're having. But Miami, they have three guys that are averaging 20 or more points per game, starting with this main man of South Beach. That would be Jimmy Butler with 22.9 points per game. Pretty much, he's scoring 23 points per game. You got Ben Matabayo scoring 20 and a half points per game. And then you have Tyler Hero at 20 a game. Bam is almost giving you a triple, uh, a double double with 9.2 rebounds a game. Jimmy Butler's averaging five, averaging six rebounds a game and five assists a game. So he was giving you five, five rebounds a game and four assists a game. So the West is being spread. They also have three other guys who scores in the, who scores double digits a game with Mark Struth at 11 and a half, Kyle Larry at 11, and Vito Levy with basically at 11 and a half. So 
even though it's been a down year for the Miami Heat, they are still doing their thing. And nevertheless, they are still one of the they still won. Let me see. Defensively, they are one of the most defensive teams in the league. They only give up 100 and 110 points per game, which is the second best in the East behind the Cleveland Cavaliers who want to give up 107, 107 points a game to their opponents. So that defensive prowess is still there for the Miami Heat. So you have to contend the fact that you have to score. You have to be able to score points against the Miami Heat or Miami Heat will run away with it. As the Miami Heat average, average 109, about 110 points a game themselves. Uh, Hawks are averaging 118 points a, 18 points a game, but they give up 118 points a game. So we could see a high scoring affair tonight to begin the playing tournament between the Hawks and the Heat. But as I said earlier, I like the Miami Heat. I'm taking the home team in this one. I'm taking the Heat. To handle business and do what they need to do to move on and face the Boston Celtics in the first round of the NBA playoffs. That is at 7:30 on TNT. Your doubleheader is at 10 p.m. Oh, well, tomorrow the East will begin in up north, should I say, in Canada, good old Canada, because we have the Toronto Raptors hosting the Chicago Bulls. That game is at 7 p.m. on ESPN tomorrow, whereas the Toronto Raptors, who are, who are a five-point favorite, according to Vegas, and ESPN and Linda are giving the Raptors a 57.7% chance of winning that game. You have this, you have the likes of DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine heading up north to face up against Pascal Siakam. A doubtful, very, very bleak, a doubtful OG and the number in the rest, but I have a feeling they might play. I don't think they're gonna miss this game because you win, you move on to Friday. You lose, you're eliminated from playoff contention. That's pretty well this game. This is an elimination game from postseason contention between the Bulls and the Raptors in the 9-10 spot in the East. As I mentioned earlier, Zach Levine, DeMar Rosen is the leaders of the Chicago Bulls. You have Zach Levine averaging 24, almost 25 points a game with Four and a half rebounds a game, 4.2 assists per game. The Martin Rose in 24 and a half points per game with 4.6 rebounds a game and five assists per game. There are the leaders. Do you still have Nikhil Vujovic as the big man giving you 17.6 points per game with 11 rebounds a game? You have a double double right there. But will that be enough to get past a Toronto Raptors team here? That has been up and down, to say the least. And that has been up and down, to say the least. But when they're at home, they know how to win. Both teams are six and four in their last two in their last ten games coming in. So they both teams both teams are feeling good about how they've been playing so far. But when it comes down to Pascal Siakam, the man is averaging twenty four points per game, seven about eight rebounds a game, and six assists a game. Bevan Lee giving you 19 a game, along with seven assists a game. You got Gary Trent Jr. giving you 17 a game. OG Ebenoe at 16. Scotty Barnes at 15. Yako Perto at 13 a game with nine boys a game. This team is loaded. Otto Porter Jr. Mike Flynn. This is a loaded team over here in, in Toronto. And I don't think the Bulls have, to have enough firepower. 
I don't think they have enough depth. Because once you get past that, Levine, Amara Rose, and Vucevic, where does Kobe Wright fit in? Where does Patrick Williams fit in? You had Gordon Drogic, you got Patrick Bailey out of Caruso, been up and down. Where are the others for the Chicago Bulls going to be at outside of those three that I just named out of DeMar Rosen, Zach Levine, and Vucevic? Outside of that, who, who else is coming to play for the Chicago Bulls to help them move on to Friday's game against the loser of the Hawks Heat game? I already put the Hawks in that game, and I'm saying the Toronto going to be in that game. I'm thinking the Bulls, the Bulls get run out of Canada. They start their vacation at right after the game because they're not winning. I don't see them winning in Toronto. Okay. So in the East, I have the Heat taking the seventh seed. And I have the Hawks in Toronto meeting up and down in Atlanta for the eighth seed on Friday night. That's just how I see it. Then we go to the West Coast and the Western Conference, as we see here, start off tonight after the uh Heat. Hawks game, you have the Timberwolves at the Lakers on TNT. And then tomorrow, after the Bulls in Toronto game, you have the Thunder versus the Pelicans. Starting things off with the uh, Timberwolves and the Lakers, who will be meeting after the Heat and Hawks tonight. I like the Lakers because, obviously, uh, what we talking about, Rico Bear suspended for this game, for his punch heard around the world to Kyle Anderson. And also, Jay McDaniels is done for the season because, as I mentioned earlier, he punched the wall. Vegas says eight and a half Lakers. ESPN Litigo says 87% Lakers. Like, nobody sees a chance in hell that this team is going to win. Nobody does it. It's the idiocy of the, of the Minnesota Timberwolves that pretty much gave the Lakers the seventh seed. In my opinion, it's just the EDC. And speaking of which, Minnesota did take two out of three from the Lakers, by the way. They beat them in L.A. back on March 3rd, 110 and 102. But the Lakers returned to February end of March 123, 111 in Minnesota. So even though I'm saying all this and I'm, I'm saying the EDC of the Timberwolves is the reason why the Lakers are going to win, they still got Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns is back. To say the least, despite Carl Anthony Towns only playing what 30, 29 games this year, he has he did, he did give the Timberwolves 21 points a game with eight rebounds a game and five assists a game. Anthony Edwards has been holding it down from start to finish 25 points per game, six rebounds a game, and four assists a game. But they're gonna need help. Can Mike Conley do what D'Angelo Russell is doing for the Lakers? Is Nas Reed available? What would Kyle Anderson do now after what him and Woody Gobert have been through? Well, how would Torian Prince play in this game? Okay. Austin Rivers, when the last time we seen him on the court playing games. Brent Ford was a was a star for the Milwaukee Bucks, but now he, he barely plays. So what's gonna happen to the Minnesota Timberwolves because you're going against the Lakers team? A Lakers team who's been on a roll since the trade deadline, getting D'Angelo Russell, Mikael Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, to go along with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Alice Carruth, 
Yeah, Austin Reed has been playing better. This Lakers team has been on a mission. This Lakers team, this Lakers team, which y'all know I'm a big Laker hater and I hate doing this. They are 82 in the last 10. They have been rolling. Okay. They have been rolling. They are, they finished the season four games above 500. I said this and I meant it. Come back to me when the Lakers are above 500. They're above 500. They are in the play in. And it looks like they are going to beat Minnesota to get the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. Well, it doesn't bode well for me because I picked Memphis to get to the Western Conference Finals. My Western Conference Finals don't look good either way because I have the Grizzlies most likely facing the Lakers, and then I have the Clippers, who I picked to come out the West, facing the Suns, which I'll deal with that later on in the week. Nevertheless, it is the Lakers. Finished his 20th season in the league, the King LeBron James, giving you 29 points a game. Eight rebounds a game and seven assists a game. The running mate Anthony Davis, 26 points a game, nine rebounds a game, 12, 12 and a half rebounds a game. Been doing his thing. Then D'Angelo Russell has come in with Bill and Everly, 17 points per game, six assists a game. Austin Reeves, who was up to scoring as of lately, has been playing better. Dennis Schroeder gets in there right now and then. Yeah, I'm a Malik Beasley, who's been struggling shooting the ball as of lately, but he can get hot at any time. Richie Moore, also another shooter. Jared Vanderbilt, a defensive-minded type of type of guy. This team is rounding into form, and I don't like it. I don't like it, but the Lakers are running into form. And last Sunday, LeBron James put on a good old performance against the Utah Jazz. LeBron James in that game. Let me go back to that game from Sunday against the. Utah Jazz. LeBron James was um, was put on a shooting performance. We're talking 36 points, 8 from 14 from 3, 13 from 25 from the field, with 6 points and 6 boards. Anthony Davis gave you 16 and 13. They were the lead must. D'Angelo Rose was 17. Jerry Brennan with 12. Austin Reeves, 12. Rory Archer Moore off the bench with 12. Malik Beasley off the bench with 13. These guys have been playing better. They shooting 48. They shot 48, 48.5% from the field. They shot 40% from three against the Utah Jazz. This team is running the form. I don't like it. But how I do this, I talk real. And the realness in me is saying the Lakers win, going away, and they get ready for Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. And Minnesota will have to play at home Friday night to get the AC. Who could they possibly face in the AC? That is a question to be answered because on tomorrow night, after the Bulls Raptors, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans on in, on ESPN. I don't know what to think because one, Zion Williamson ain't playing. We haven't seen Zion Williamson since January second of the new year, which is ridiculous. You have a hamstring injury, and I need to look this up. Because I need to know, on average, what's the recovery time for a hamstring injury? Mild to moderate grade one or grade two tears or strains can heal within three to eight weeks with diligent home therapy. 
this is typical hamstring injury. Remember, look up for NBA players. Hamstrings in the NBA generally result in a 10 to 14 day absent if it's mild, while minor strains often take around three to six weeks. Severe strains are where things get tricky as they are closer to a rupture and can take months to heal. The reason why I'm looking at this is because Zion Wilson won't be playing. playing. We haven't seen Zion Wilson since January 2nd. It is now April 11th. We're talking three months. Three whole months. Okay. Desire Winston injured his hamstring in January 2nd against the 76ers. In the immediate aftermath, the team announced that he could miss multiple weeks, but they did not specify a timeline. The only information provided that he will be evaluated after three weeks. After those three weeks, on January 24th, the Pelicans said they believed the hamstring was healing as intended, but they didn't believe he would—he was ready to return. So they gave him an additional two weeks. So we at week five now. And now that two weeks, they say hey, we revive one more week into where we are headed now. This brings us to the current status. Pelicans vice executive vice president of basketball with David Griffin said on February 2nd that Zion that Wilson aggravated his right hamstring and will, will be sidelined for several moves. Before this, Wilson had advanced through his rehab to three-on-three work which is generally considered the first big step towards return. It's assumed that he aggregated the hamstring doing this work, causing a setback. With Wilson slated to miss additional time, let's take a look at the injury itself and why it is so difficult to deal with, as well as learning injury history. Hamstrings are Generally, in the NBA, result in 10 to 14 day absence if mild, while moderate often can take three to six weeks. Serious strains are where things get tricky as they could, as they are close to a rupture in the in the muscle, and can take up to months to heal. So, are we saying Zion Rose has a grade three severe strains? which are anything greater than a grade two and could include a full rupture. Wilson was initially diagnosed with a grade two. When he returned to three-on-three work, it it's like he overworked it, causing the aggregation. Now we have diagnosed to be a grade three strain. This is why no other Pelicans would never reach their potential. Because their star player in Zion Williamson is never healthy enough. When he was healthy, they didn't have Brandon Ingram. And without Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson had the Pelicans in the top three slot in the West. But when Brandon Ingram comes back, the Zion Williamson goes down. Not only does Zion Williamson goes down, he re-aggregates the injury during the rehab. Which is why we're at the point where Zion Wilson can't even play in the play And who knows if the Pelicans can survive and make the AC 
against the Denver Nuggets, that he will be ready for that game and that series. So now that I got my Zion Williamson out the way, back to the Thunder and the Pelicans. ESPN analytics are giving the uh, Pelicans a 63% chance of winning this game over the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Vegas is giving the Pelicans five and a half as the home favorite. It's pretty much Shea Gillis-Alexander leading the one of the youngest teams in the NBA against Brandon Negron and CJ McCullough and the Pelicans. See, SGA, Shea Gillis-Alexander has been crazy, man. Scoring 31 and a half points per game with five rebounds and five assists a game. He's leading the youngest team in the league because the next closest person to him is Josh Giddy, who is only scoring 17 points per game. That's a whole 17 point difference between Shea Gibbs Alexander and the second best player on the team. That's how much Shea Gibbs Alexander means to the Oklahoma the Thunder because without him, they would not be in the plane. Matter of fact, they'll be in the bottom, in the bottom tier of, of, of teams with the uh, Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons in that group there. That's how much Shankin Eisen means to them. But they have a tall test because we're talking Brandon England scoring 25 points per game with five rebounds and six assists a game. CJ McCullough scoring 21 points per game to go along with six assists and four rebounds a game. Then you have Trey Murphy who's giving you 14 and a half. You have the big man in a uh, Yan in uh in Vukovic, who's giving you 14 a game. And then Jose Cotteron, whenever he wants to, he can he can give you a good 15, 18 point game whenever he's feeling it. Harry Jones is no score. He can give he can, he can put points on the boy as a good defender. The Pelicans have a tough the Pelicans. Made it tough on itself, but they'll get past Oklahoma City, which leads me to the rematch that took place on Sunday between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the New Orleans Pelicans Friday night for the AC. Okay, so that's the recap, real quick. I have the let me go back so you understand what I'm doing. So, this is the East right here. I have the Heat beating the Hawks, sending the Heat into the first round match with the Boston Celtics as the seventh seed, and making Atlanta play a home game on Friday against the Toronto Raptors. Because I feel the Toronto Raptors are going to the Bull, the Bulls on packing for the season. And then in the West, I have the Lakers taking down the Timberwolves tonight, sending the Lakers to the seventh seed and facing Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. While the Timberwolves will host the New Orleans Pelicans. On Friday night for the AC and a date with the Denver Nuggets. Okay, so that pretty much wraps it up for me today. Like I say, I'll be back probably Thursday to preview the ACs on both conferences and get you ready for the NBA playoffs that start on Saturday. So until then, catch y'all later. Stop now. You gotta keep going. Through all your trials and your tribulations, you gotta keep pushing. Now, finish your camp. Yeah, gotta get it out the mud, that's the only way to win. Who am I to point the finger like I never ever seen? 
win. That's the only way to go, gotta get it out of mud. Gotta get it out of flow. Cause that's the only way to go, let's go. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole lot more. This has been Shooting the Lights Out. Masterpiece.